Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Mitchell Hollis is back in the house after a one-week absence in triathlon land. Uh, Lane did very well. He did. Yeah, he had. A, we were in Des Moines two weeks ago in in Wisconsin this past weekend. He. Uh, he had a little bit of a, a stomach issue in Des Moines. Uh, nothing COVID related. Uh, he just uh, we were pretty sure he took on too much caffeine uh, before that race. He actually come off the bike and in second position, and and things went south from there. But Wisconsin, he pulled it together. Um, was actually ahead of his uh, arch rival in the triathlon world. They're great friends, but Lane has never beaten the guy. He's the ranked first in the nation. And uh, Lane was ahead of him, but unfortunately, he got a penalty in Duh. transition. He uh, he put his helmet in the wrong bucket. If you're familiar with draft legal triathlon, there's all these rules you have to follow, and one of them is all your equipment has to be in a bucket, and Lane unfortunately put his helmet in the wrong bucket, so he had to stop dead center of the race for a 10-second penalty. Uh, ultimately, we... <laughs> Probably costing him the race. Uh, maybe not. Drew Drew's a strong athlete, so you never know what he was going to do the last half of the race. But probably one of Lane's best races he's ever had. Um, he looked real definitely execution wise. Yeah, he looked really confident in that race, he did. which was which yeah, neat so to watch. It's, it's a good confidence booster going into the winter, and and next year will be his last year in junior elite before he moves on. Uh, so we're we're real. We're anticipating next year. It was so good to be because a lot of times I've been able to go to those races. I couldn't go to this one, but you had your nephew was live streaming. So, of course, something else happened after the live stream, but we, maybe we might not want to talk about that. You know, that was, that's one of the great things about technology and social media. You know, social media definitely has its downfalls and and bad things. But, um, yeah, I, I, I have started a live stream before. And I turned it off because I'm I'm running all over the yeah. course, giving splits and encouraging and yelling and everything a dad's supposed to be doing. But my brother and my nephew actually came up for the race, and my nephew went live on Facebook and actually did a very impressive job of commentating the race. He used to race triathlon as well, so he knows about the sport. And uh, it was very engaging. We watched it after the fact. But unfortunately, when, when Brett got done filming, he hit the delete button. <laughs> and so it was up for about three hours, and then it, it got taken down. So, uh, which is But that was really cool. All the family and grandparents and friends and people who've just supported Lane through the years could could actually be there for the race. And it was uh, – yeah, that's one of the great things about technology that's yeah. – you, you can do that nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it was great to see. I feel like I've watched Lane – developed so much over the past few years and of course he's developed he's gotten faster but it's not just faster he's he's matured as a racer right he's understanding the race and for most people most people don't understand the intricacies of of how you go about running a race 
um, but he's gotten so good at it. So that's really great to see. Yeah, it is. It's fun to watch. Hopefully, we're going to see a good cross country season. I hope. Um, are we going to have a cross country season? I hope. You know, here in Georgia, GHSA, they've been loosening the reins and loosening the reins. And this past week, they came out and said that I think they're pushing football back two weeks. And they said all of the sports carry on. Now, you know, we need to be careful in these times, but we've got to start getting back to some sense of, of normalcy. Um, it's uh, I don't think I I don't think we we put out there as much what school and sport mean to so many kids around the country. It's 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 the fabric of who they are at this age, and yeah. and it's so sad to be, see that taken away, especially last spring when they just canceled schools and graduations didn't happen and state swim meets and track meets and and that was so sad to watch and i I hope we're on the i hope we're on the backside of this thing yeah i hope so too it looks like in those states where we had this recurring spike uh it looks like they have they have turned the corner and they're at least leveled out at this point if not started on the way back down so hopefully I keep hope. our fingers crossed I and hope. pray Lord to God willing, that we're, yeah. we're still we're headed in the right direction. Right. Um, I've noticed that there are conferences that have canceled their, all their fall sports, yeah. and that there are some. Uh, when I'm talking about the collegiate level, and some of them are saying they're going to play football in the spring, or they're going to they're going to postpone their spring sports or fall sports to spring. But if not enough teams do that, I don't know how they're going to they're going to that's going to be a mess. Yeah, going to uh, be a mess. What? And what I hate How is it going to be to watch college football in the spring? That's yeah. Yeah. something about, you know, it's, football season is the is the welcome to to fall and you know, I don't Well, fortunately right now, I don't think there are any Division 1 programs right. that have said they're postponing till the spring. So at this point it's just uh it's a division some Division 2 folks yeah. and, and some others, but well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. If we get spring, if we get football in the spring, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe we could see some football in the spring. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm just a creature of habit, you know that. Yeah. And I, w- <laughs> I won't I won't everything to start on time when it's supposed to start and you know, this is part of this has been God working on me through this whole thing of things aren't always going to go the way I want them to go. Yeah. And that's a hard pill to swallow sometime and you know, I was listening. You you were having a a conference call with the folks at the college that you coach at on the way up here, and I was I was listening to things, and I was thinking, God, I just don't agree with that. Yeah. But it's not all about me, and right. you know we've we've got, and we're going to talk about that a lot in this in this podcast. Uh, that sometimes it's just not about us. T- tough to hold things in sometimes. It is, it is. Hey, everybody. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform. You heard, if you were listening to this podcast last week, you heard Jared talk about J Radio. I haven't confirmed or not confirmed yet if they have the app up for Apple yet, but I know it's in the works, and so hopefully that's, that's available soon. So um, go out there and check out J Radio. You know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on? Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radio Active Station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at JRadio.com. 
Okay, and as always, remember that if you have questions or you have topics you'd like to see, uh, I can I can write about anything. Um, I love sharing Dean's thoughts. I can I can share your thoughts if you got. I had a person not too long ago, just this last week, um, which is a little bit further away from this podcast, but he shared with me that one of the when I, I wrote the story of Go Fly a Kite, and he shared with me how he thought. He looked at it a little bit differently, and it was so interesting to hear that. Uh, it's also inter- interesting just to hear from you guys and how those things um, are impactful to you. I really appreciate hearing those things. So Dean at RunForGod.com if you uh, want to get in contact with us. Uh, and again, if you don't know about us, go to RunForGod.com to learn more about what Run for God is about. If you don't know, you need to know more because I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy learning some more. So. Um, go check that out. Uh, hey, don't forget that we'd love to hear your story. And if you're a Run Club member and I get your story, uh, it's going to go right to the head of the line. We're going to get that on this air as soon as we can. And so we would love for you to do that. You can send those through the devotions tab on the runforgod.com website, or you can send them directly to me. Uh, but either way, include three questions. Look at the format at uh, the devotions tab and make sure that you uh, you include it that way. We'll share your story. We'd love to hear it. Talk about stories. Now, I heard a story recently. It was mm. posted online, mm-hmm. um, and this is a story that uh, that Mitchell shared. And w- w- it was it was entitled "I Was Rude to Somebody Today." Yeah, you never know what's. That's the thing about viral stuff is you never know what's going to go viral. And I read this story last week while I was out of town, and and it's actually a it's a pastor who we have a mutual friend. I don't actually know this pastor. But we have some mutual friends, so this, this, the Facebook post that he wrote popped up on my newsfeed, and, and I got to reading it, and, and that was the title of his story, yeah. was I was rude to someone today. And he talked about um, that he and his family were on vacation, I think in North Carolina, and they went into an ice cream shop. And he was wearing his mask, like I, I guess the city or the community that he was in asked him to do. Uh, so he was in compliance, and he walked in to order ice cream for his family. And he pulled his mask down just so he could talk to the lady behind the counter, which I get it. I, I'm i so claustrophobic with the mask on. But he, he just kind of pulled it down so he could place his order. And the lady by the, behind the counter, from, from what he said, very rudely told him that he needed to put his mask back on. And this pastor, you know... It, I guess it hit him wrong, and so he he grabbed his family, and he said, you won't be getting our business today, and he turned around, and he left, and he got in the car, and he was driving down the road, and God began to really work on his heart and said, you handled that wrong, and the guy just really got convicted, and so he turned the car around, and he went back to the ice cream place, and he walked back in with his mask on, and he he asked the lady behind the counter if he could speak to her, and she said, uh, "She said yeah." And she walked over and said she was pretty, de- you know, she had her guard up because she thought she was about to get an earful. And and the the pastor um, said, "I'm sorry." He said, I, "I'm a Christian, and I was out of line. Um, I I don't know what um, you're going through. You you don't know what I'm going through, but for sure I should not have handled myself that way. And for that, I'm sorry." And our family would like to buy ice cream and and kind of put this all behind us. And the story went on to say that they had a great conversation. And as he listened to the lady 
uh, talk about the restaurant that she was very frustrated because of COVID. Business was dramatically down, and she didn't know if she was going to be able to to keep the store and things like that. And it was just really affecting her business. And obviously, along with that comes stress and anxiety. And she was just lashing out like we all do. Mm -hmm. And um, the moral of the story is when we act out, which we all do, when God convicts you, go make it right. And that's what he did. So I thought it was just an incredible story. It's a story that I needed to hear um, at that time. So I I posted it on the Run for God page, and little did I know that it was going to almost go viral. I mean, it, it got shared a ton of times and sparked a lot of debate. And there were questions almost immediately said, oh, so Run for God is entering the mask debate. Mm-mm. And I don't know if that person who said that is listening, but kind of missed the point. If the comment you made about the post that I made has anything to do with a mask, you missed the point. Yeah. It, this could be a mask, it could be a variety of other things that cause us to not act Christ-like. In this case, it just happened to be a mask, and it's kind of what everybody's talking about right now. But it could as easily been you were just having a bad day yeah. and you acted out. The point of the story is redemption, and it's forgiveness, and it's asking forgiveness. And that's what God is going to put on our heart through any situation. This just happened to be about a mask. So I was I was just blown away. If you if you haven't read it, go to the it's on the Run for God Facebook page. You can go there and read the story. It's pretty long, but it's just an incredible story of one man, a pastor who didn't act like Christ in a moment, but he fixed it. Yeah, and he he went back and he made it right and he asked forgiveness and repaired the relationship, which our society today. That's not the popular thing to do. It's not. Um, but and, and yeah. even the stories we're going to read today, kind of, it, it's funny how these stories line up sometimes. Yeah. It's just coincidence. I'm, it's I'm sure. Just yeah. a coincidence. Nothing's a coincidence. <laughs> we, we say that all the time. But, uh, uh, but yeah, if you haven't read that story, go to the Facebook page, Run For God Facebook page, and, and read it. It's, yeah, it'll check, make your day. Check that out. It really is. Uh, it is It is heartwarming. Uh, to see redemption, just to see uh, – we've all done it, just like Mitchell just said. We've all done it. I'm going to read a story today from Rhonda Williams. And um, if you're familiar with Run for God, I, I can tell you at the Run for God office, um, Rhonda Williams is a household name. Mm-hmm. We all know who Rhonda Williams is. I emailed her yesterday, she, matter she, of fact. She's from Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, this story is is over a year old. Um, but one that uh, is really good. Um, so if you know Rhonda, you'll, you'll understand it's older by listening to this story. But the story is entitled, Walking Through the Desert. God had something wonderful planned for the Israelites living in slavery in Egypt. He was going to lead them to a lush new land that would be their own. But there was one catch. They had to walk through the desert to get there. He performed many miracles to prove to them that he was with them and would protect them and provide for them. The nine plagues in Egypt, parting the Red Sea, drowning the entire Egyptian army, going before them in a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. What a sight that must have been. Manna in the morning and quail at night, water from a rock, etc. The list goes on. 
Yet they still didn't trust him. Over and over, they whined and complained and rebelled because God gave them what they needed, but not what they wanted. He had Aaron create a golden calf to, or excuse me, they had Aaron create a golden calf to worship worship because they grew impatient waiting for God. (laughs) A calf? Really? Seems pretty ridiculous. Until you realize that most people today get their medical advice from the internet instead of their own doctor. When they finally arrived at the promised land, the Lord told them to send men to explore the land. When they returned, most of the explorers focused on the strength and numbers of the enemy tribes instead of all the resources and wonders this amazing place God was giving them. So the people were afraid. These were the same people who had watched God destroy the most powerful army on earth with one action, one motion of his hand, and yet they were still afraid. God had had enough. He would not allow any of the people who had witnessed his miracles in Egypt and in the desert to enter the promised land. God kept pointing me back to this story when I was facing open heart surgery. He told me he had something wonderful for me. Not only would I survive, but he would make me strong. However, I had to walk through my own desert to get there. Open heart surgery is no picnic, I assure you, but I knew that if I trusted him, he would give me the endurance I needed to get through that desert and onto the promised reward. I did my best not to whine and complain like the Israelites did. I wanted to learn from their experience, but it wasn't easy. There were tears shed, prayers said, and plenty of dread. I wanted him to heal my heart, but dreaded the pain and difficulty of surgery and recovery. I even decided that although Egypt isn't great, it's better than the desert, so just let me stay here. But he had a plan for me and led me into that desert just like he provided for the Israelites in their desert. He provided for me all along my journey. I kept my eyes on the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night as he guided me. He led us through the right to the right surgeon. He led us to just the right place for me to recover after surgery. And he surrounded me with caring and supportive friends. He provided peace when I needed it. He gave reassurance when I doubted and courage when I asked for it. And he never left me, not even for a second. Those first few days in the hospital after surgery were very difficult, just as he said they would be. But he gave me what I needed to get through each day, my manna and quail. He did not give me what I wanted necessarily, but he gave me what I needed He provided skilled nurses to take care of me, a wonderful husband to hold my hand and rub my back, and a special mother and sister who always showed up just when I needed them to make me laugh when I felt like crying. Two weeks after surgery, I finally headed to the promised land via Delta Airlines. I got to go home. Flying two weeks after open heart surgery is a little nerve-wracking, but again, he provided. Dad was waiting for us at the airport, and my mother had prepared a delicious dinner and even had my favorite flowers on the table when we arrived home. Home definitely felt like the promised land to me. 
Just six months after surgery, I won my age group at the Huntsville Sprint Triathlon. I'm so glad he didn't let me stay in Egypt. The trek through the desert was difficult, but it was worth it. He had something better for me if I would just trust him and learn to run the race with endurance. Are you walking through your own desert? It doesn't mean that God is punishing you or that he just doesn't care. It means that he is at work in your life. Ask him to help you to endure it, to help you keep your eyes looking forward, and to reveal to you his purpose. He has a plan for your life, an amazing, awesome plan. Claim it. Take hold of it. Embrace it. Wow, great what a, story, Rhonda. Boy, what a great story. You know, I remember back when this happened, we, we were all actually play, praying for Rhonda. Her husband was reaching out and giving us updates. And, uh, man, that's got to be a scary time. Yes. Uh, I've never dealt with anything like that. But uh, but it, uh, the amount of faith that she had and that she was recruiting prayer warriors really, really illustrates her faithfulness. Yeah, maybe this is a good time in this time of COVID where people are scared to death to mm-hmm. to do things and to, to interact with people that uh, there are certainly those out there who um, have a much more serious fight on their hand than, right. than this. So she shares a, a, few, a few scriptures, Exodus 13, 21, 22. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. <laughs> you know, I use this verse a lot when when talking to people. I, you know, how, how do I pray for signs from God? I pray for billboards. 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 I don't want a sign. I want a billboard. And I, I say a lot of times, I wish I would just get a, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day and I would be good. But you look back in Exodus and the children of Israel and that wasn't enough. And so many times we can throw rocks at them and say, if I had that, my faith would be so strong. But we have our own pillar of fires and, and a That's cloud, mm-hmm. even in today. But we disguise it as, well, that's just the wonders of modern medicine or that's that's those doctors. Or we, we give credit. We, not that the doctors in medicine – shouldn't have credit but where did all that stuff come from absolutely um and so so many times today we have things that are right we have those billboards right in front of us yeah but we're looking right through them so many times and uh so a lot of times we just need to slow down and we'll see our own red sea or pillar of fire or whatever it is god provides all those things all the time it's gotta have the eyes wide open yeah Second Corinthians twelve nine, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. <laughs> Boasting in our weaknesses is not human, is it? It's not. But I that's why I love Paul. I think the last time we were here, I was here with you two weeks yep. ago, I talked about I just love Paul because of this attitude, because he he gets it. He gets it, and sometimes I get it, and sometimes I have a lapse in judgment to where when when I'm weak, when I can't do something, when I'm not the best runner, when I'm not a theologian, when I'm not a pastor, God can do great things. Yeah, That's how this ministry was created. It wasn't anything 
that Mitchell did. You and I are not saving anybody in this ministry. Yeah. But in our weakness, where, where we fail many times, God can come through. And mm. gosh, I wish I could just, I wish I could have that uh, scripture just constantly rolling through my head. Yeah. Uh, but that that is one of our weaknesses. It's, it's easy it, to forget, right? It is. Easy it to is. forget. Absolutely. Yep. And then the third scripture, Romans 5, 3, and 4. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Wow. I mean, that's, that's the illustration of why run for God makes sense because all of those same exact things go with sport. Yeah. You know, you, you, never, see, you never see a muscle built that didn't get tore down first. Yeah. That's that's scriptural. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is. It's God's got to tear us down. He's got to get rid of the us in us before that He can do great things in us. I always look at it as He's chiseling us or chiseling pieces away, and it doesn't feel good to be chiseled. Exactly. On. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's a tough section of scripture to uh, to read sometimes when you really read it and really take it to heart. Yeah. She has a few questions here. The first question is, think of a time when you walked through your own desert, could you see God at work? And I think about the time that I was I was unemployed for a period of time and and that was a pretty good desert. Mm-hmm. And the truth is is that for a period of time, sometimes it's hard to see God at work. Right. Um, now ultimately you do see God at work. But a lot of times in the moment, you're feeling so sorry for yourself and you, you, you're so upset at the situation or the circumstances or whatever it is that you miss God yeah. because we're so clouded by our own thoughts and, and the things that we're seeing. But as soon as we take a step back, and then oftentimes you go through all of that and you realize even though you weren't paying attention, you look back at the time and you go, oh, he was there. He yeah. Was, remember that? Oh, that wasn't coincidence. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we do that all the time. We talk about that. But I yeah. think about the past few months with this whole coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's kind of been a desert here at Run for God. You know, we, we started the year looking like we were going to have one of our best years ever as far as classes and, and new instructors. And and then mid-March. Boom. Boom. Nothing. The desert hit. Yeah. And... uh but you know what's been different about this desert is I feel like God has really put a sense of peace over our team Yeah. Um, because it hadn't been too many years ago I would have been in panic mode Yeah. during some of these times because, you know, we just didn't know how, how it was going to work. But I think God has – calloused is the wrong word, but he, he's, he showed us through the years that he always – brings this ministry through as little faith as we may have at times and we've had those times yeah uh where we're like god is is this what we're supposed to be doing that billboard always comes yeah it always comes and that's the encouraging thing is you know sometimes we there again we give credit to coincidence but it's it's not coincidence it's it's god working his weave it's him weaving his basket of what this ministry is and what our lives are yeah, uh, and sometimes we we're, we're so close to that weave that we can't see what he's doing. But sometimes he needs to provide that desert to give us a little space. Yeah, to kind of pull back and say, "Okay, God, what are you doing here?" And 
Yeah, I mean this it, this is a this is a great time for this story. Yeah, for sure. Hey, you kind of you I think you kind of answer this next question. Do you view the desert as a temporary place to make you stronger, or do you tend to set up camp and dwell there? Uh, and I think it probably depends on the circumstances, right? Um, all the circumstances, because sometimes it's one thing, right. and when it's one thing, usually it's short lived. When it's one thing on top of another, you know, you were mentioning the the staff meeting earlier it's it's not just the fact that we're talking about the things we're talking about but it's all the other things that are going on all at the same time that make it more frustrating right. so when you pile one thing on top of another um, it makes it harder you know we've had this whole covid thing and we've all been kind of tense about it and that story that you just shared proves that we're all a little mm-hmm. bit tense about that uh, but not just that now we've got the the whole racial thing that's going on which mm-hmm. is added to all the tension in our country mm-hmm. and um it, it's we have to realize it's all temporary but at the same yeah. time it's hard and it's it's spiritual yeah it's spiritual warfare mm-hmm. you know I, <laughs> yeah i mean you got it in your notes it's it's you say that you're an optimist at heart we're, we're both that way yeah you know, we're always looking for that that light, that glimmer of hope, and mm-hmm. uh, the quicker that we can learn that 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 light is Jesus Christ, and it's not, it's not the next president, it's not the next Congress, it's not the next whatever, but if we if we focus our eyes on Christ and and read His Word, and because we're not the first ones to be here, there, there's been plenty of people in our past that have been in much worse situations, and they come out glorified on the other side of it yeah. uh, very glorified in some I mean there's the number one best selling book of all time is written about flawed men I mean the Bible's full of people who struggled with their faith they struggled with hope but we know the end of the story and it's uh, yes yeah. it's, it's a great example yeah and you know the, the optimist thing the thing that gets me about being optimistic is you see the optimi- you see the reason to be optimistic mm-hmm. quicker than everybody else does. The people who are naturally pessimistic, and I'm not throwing rocks at pessimists at all, um, or the people that are just not optimistic, it takes them longer to come around mm-hmm. to the positive side of things. And it's all, and part of my problem is is that I become optimistic, and then one of those pessimists knocks me back. You know, and yeah. so I, I get I, I drag other people into the desert because don't you understand? And then I'm it's like, the you know, it's like trying to beat somebody over the head about something. It doesn't work that way. Well, I know a lot of times for me, sometimes me calling somebody a pessimist, that person's my reality check. Yes. A lot of times. Very I often. am. I, I am definitely the glass is overflowing. It's full. But sometimes sometimes that's misplaced. Yes, that's you know, true. And, and that's where you got to have that balance, and that's where those people that come into your life that we think, oh, they're just a downer. Well, God will use that person many times. H.R. Poe saying, Mitch, don't let this become your God. That's the most pessimistic thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. But it's what I needed to hear. Yeah. It's, those are the words that God put in H.R.'s mouth, and look where we are now yeah so so there is a place for those pessimist friend advice we amen. need them amen amen the last question what can you do to learn to trust him more and fear less <laughs> I, I like this question because it says what can i do mm-hmm. and a lot of times we we like to talk a lot talking is not doing 
right? Talking yeah. is just talking. It's yeah. You may be saying you're going to do, but if you don't actually do, then it doesn't matter what you said. Think about we, – we're talking about Moses and the children of Israel, and, and I think we've used this example before, but think about what happened when he got to the Red Sea. He had the children of Israel. He got to the Red Sea. He had the Egyptian army breathing down their neck. I mean, they could probably literally see them coming. And he gets to the Red Sea, and God had already told him to go. Moses said, all right, let's pray. And in that instance, let's, let's talk about this some more. What did God say? Stop praying and go. Get busy. Action. Do something. And he set his staff down, and the sea parted. Yeah. And how many times are we right there? How many times are we at our Red Sea moment? But it's scary. It's the fear overcomes us, and we say, well, let me pray about this a few more days. Sometimes God doesn't want us to pray anymore. Right. He wants us to take action. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I think I think we're many of us are at those times where it's it's time to take action. And for everybody listening, that, that takes different shapes in our lives. But God calls us to action. And I think it's important to learn because I think that we think the word trust sounds like a feeling. Right. Right. Trust is a feeling. I trust you as a feeling. But in order for I need to demonstrate that trust. Right. And and demonstrating is an action. Right. And so if you don't show me that you trust me, if you constantly second guess me as a friend, then you don't trust me. That's right. Period. I can say it right. over and over again. But But words and, are empty. And we've all seen that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So So put your put your faith into action when the only thing you have to fall back on is what you claim to put your faith in. That's boldness. Yep. And God calls us to be bold. He does. And putting your staff down in the water, that's boldness. Moses was <laughs> – there's, there's an ocean here, you know, whatever. Um, Can't we, improve we, on that discussion. There's, there's a reason that's in there <laughs> for sure. Great story. Thank you, Rhonda, for sharing. Hey, go out there and check out the Big Share app and share your story with – the folks that uh, come on, let's go because uh, there's some neat stories there. If you haven't seen those stories, go to comeonletsgo.com and check those out too. There is power in people's stories. It's a challenging time. What do you do when everything you believe about God is being tested and God doesn't look like the good father that he says he does? You've got layers and layers and layers of hate in your heart. It, it takes God to clean it out. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. All right, so many of you out there have seen our other YouTube videos or our podcast. You've heard uh, Lane talking. He was here just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Lane is a senior, mm-hmm. so he is about to decide on a college path. Um, and, of course, I know the, the college athletics scene fairly well. well. What do you think about college athletics in general right now? Um, I, I love college athletics. I think it's one of the purest forms of sport. Um, many of the athletes in it are at the – in their lifetime, they're at the top of their sport, uh, but there, there's really no other. Um, th- there's no other influences. Yeah. 
outside of the fact that they want to be the best at what they're doing. And yeah. I think even in professional sports, a lot of times you lose some of that. Not that professional athletes are not great athletes, but the drive and determination and desire for a college athlete is much different than a professional athlete, which is it's why I love to watch college football more so than professional football. Um, yeah, I think it's just a different drive and motivation. I think what's interesting is I think that some of the best lessons that college athletes learn are on the field yeah, or on yeah, exactly. the cross-country course yeah. or on the volleyball court or you know whatever sport they have, a lot of the best things they learn. are And, and I know there may be some educators out there who, who are listening to this and thinking, you're crazy. Well, but, I don't but, think many of them would disagree. I, you know, Lane and I have the conversation a lot that, you know, he, he has a goal of the Olympics. Now, that's a very, very big goal. He definitely has a path that, that he can clearly see. Now, that is a hard, hard path. But what I always remind Lane is you, you always have your eye on that goal. But don't be so focused on that goal that you don't see the opportunities that come along. Yeah. And for, for any athlete of that magnitude, really any college ath- athlete, there's going to be so many opportunities come along in their life on their way to whatever goal that is because of the lessons they learn that have nothing to do with the sport. You know, the the getting up at 4.30 a.m. to be at 5 o'clock swim, the training 30-plus hours a week, the pain that, that that some of these athletes put themselves through to, to be the greatest in their sport, man, that just translates into so many areas of our lives, it and does. that is very desirable from many people outside the sport. The biggest one being employers. Yeah. You know, they see the dedication they have to that sport, and they know that that transcends all the areas of their life. Yep. You know, that's why it's, it's no it's no secret that many cross-country has one of the highest GPAs in all of college sports. I believe that's a that's correct true. statement. That is true. Um, and it's because they have that work ethic. Now, I'm not saying that football players don't have that work ethic, but we know cross-country, and yep. we know what kind of work ethic because – when you're out there running, it's not fun. It's not. <laughs> it's hard work. But they understand the reward that comes from it. Yep, yep. Delayed gratification is something that that a cross country runner understands, and, and, and our education is a lot like that. It's quickly uh, yeah. not understanding. And yeah, in the days yeah. of Amazon, when I want to hear tomorrow, yep. Well, you're not going to get to be the best cross country runner in a day. That's it's right. Not going to happen. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's why I love sport in general but especially college sport because that becomes so focused um, yeah. because if if you're running on if you're doing anything at the college level you've put the time in to get there yeah uh, and so you get to see the best of the best it's really cool uh and it's just fun to watch. i love to watch athletes working hard and i love those you know we've got a young man on our on our team on a cross-country team that you know he he didn't finish first today but he come through and i said andrew Hardest worker out here. Yeah. And I love to see that work too. ethic uh, come out of these guys, and it's, it's just fun to watch. Yeah, I may share the story of, from that I wrote about him back a few years ago on, on this podcast one time because uh, I really, really like that story because I thought it was uh, – I, I like kids like that. Yeah. And I love them. Love them, love them, love them. Well, it is time for Dean's Thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith, and this one is called A Patient Weekend. (laughs) 
Have you ever gone through one of those stretches when it appears that God is trying to develop your patience? I recently had one of those weekends. It began on Friday morning. First, I worked for nearly five hours editing a video to get it ready for uploading to YouTube. When I tried to upload it, it failed. The message told me that I did not have enough memory on my computer and I needed to delete some files to complete the upload. So I did. Don't ask me how, but I accidentally deleted the very video I had just spent five hours editing. And no, it was not in my trash or recoverable in any way that I could find. It was gone. The next day, I was working to repair my lawnmower. After diagnosing the problem, the good news was that I already had the part I needed to fix it. As I worked as I worked in it, though, I first had the difficult. I first had difficulty getting the bolts loose. Then bolts. Then the bolts broke on the bad part. That was okay because I didn't need the bad one, but it caused a lot more work to get it loose from the lawnmower. Finally, after all the work to replace the part, I started the engine and realized the mower was moving too slowly. I started to smell something burning. I shut it off, and after another 30 minutes, I realized that I had put something back together wrong when I was doing the diagnosing. Another 30 minutes later, I was finally mowing. Turned into an all-day affair. The next issue happened on Sunday. Surely God would give me a break on Sunday, right? But this was not an average Sunday. I get to the church early because I'm in charge of the audio and video portions of the service. It usually takes me about an hour to get the live stream portion of the service put together and ready to go. After all that work, just 15 minutes before the service began, the computer, a different one from Friday's fiasco, just shut off. It just shut down suddenly. And when I turned it back on, everything was lost. I had to start all over again. I just hope those who were trying to talk with me during that time will forgive me for being short with them as I worked feverishly to put everything back together in the 15 minutes I was afforded to get ready. Here's the thing. There was nothing I could do to change any of those situations. I could have been angry and acted like a real jerk. Anyone who knew what had happened would probably have understood. But there were others who did not know what had happened. I tried my best to be as calm as I could and just work to do what I had to do. I think I was fairly successful. Now comes the lesson in all of this. Ten years ago, I would have been throwing things. I would not have responded to those who came into the church in an appropriate way as they said good morning. I may have been a little short, but I was cordial. God had done an amazing work in me over those 10 years. But this is the most important part. It didn't happen overnight. It was a constant refining over those years. God chiseled a little bit of that bad attitude away from me each time I had a situation that arose that I had the opportunity to test myself. The best part is seeing the progress and knowing that it is Him who has done the chiseling. When we run, changes don't happen quickly. There's a reason why elite athletes run 120 miles per week, and it's not just because they love it that much. It takes a lot of miles to compete at that level. But we somehow think that we're better than those elite athletes, and we should be able to improve much more easily. 
It takes time and consistency to make changes to your ability. You would never expect three core strengthening exercises to build rock-hard abs, but we think three weeks of running will change our lives. (laughs) Be patient. Work hard day after day, and you will see results. But also realize that those results may not be as visible as you hope. When you make small incremental changes, it is more difficult to see day to day. The people around you who don't see you every day will notice more than you do. Have you ever seen someone who had lost 20 pounds since the last time you had seen them? It's a big change when you see it that way, but it's pretty difficult not to see yourself for a long period of time. Galatians 6.9 says, And let, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Hang in there. Keep working. Your season is coming. Habakkuk 2.3 says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Folks, we've read the book. We know what happens in the end. Even if we don't see the changes we expect after hard work or after it, or if it takes longer than we think it should, it will not delay. We're on God's timing. That is, we're on perfect timing. Great story, Dean. Man, patience isn't the forte of either one of us, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And you know, I, I want to say something. I, I brought my Bible because when you, when you talked about Habakkuk 2.3, it, it it kind of made me, it jogged my memory about something. And I don't know if you even realized the verse you were talking about, but this is the first recording of Write Your Goals Down. Um, you know, in, in chapter two, um, the Lord was talking to the prophet Habakkuk. And, and before the verse that you referenced, he said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Now, when God talked to prophets, the prophets often spoke what God said. But he told Habakkuk, write this down. Write mm. this vision down because he won't, and it even says that he may run who reads it. So those who read it will go tell the others. But he, he, he talks about the vision here of it's, it's a, whatever that is, what, whatever, whatever you're shooting for, Write it down because you're going to have to go back to that often and, and have that encouragement that it'll happen. And yeah. you've always got to have your you've got to have your why. We talk about the why so much. But I think I just think it's funny that th- this is kind of the first ever recorded in history of writing your goals down. And, you know, it's important when God told a prophet, hey, hey don't say this. Write, Write this down. down. Yeah. And I just thought that was a cool. But, yeah, I mean, patience is. <laughs> it's not one of my strongest virtues by by any means. Yeah, I no. love the way he says here, it may be slow. It's like, if it is, don't worry about it, right? Well, that's, that's, that's why we write goals down. Yeah. Because yeah. many times goals, I mean, I consider even a, a year-long goal is a short-term goal, but many of our goals are lifetime goals. Yeah. Uh, our goal to be more like Christ is a lifetime goal because we're never going to we're never going to hit it. And if we don't often look back at those goals, if we don't often look back at where we've been, what we've been through, how we've grown. I mean, you you writing this story was a big, big picture for you that, mm-hmm. man, 10 years ago, I would have had a complete different reaction. And 
I mean, that's just that's in, incredible that we are able to look back yeah. at where we've been, and that it, gives us a good trajectory on where we're headed a lot of times. Yeah, and one of the things that I mentioned in there is the fact that oftentimes we are improving, but because we see ourselves every single day, we right. don't see the improvement because we saw today, we're comparing today to yesterday, and that little bit of improvement is, is almost, you almost can't see it. But right. over the last month, I've had way more improvement than I realize I have. Yeah. And and that's where we got to recognize that. Well, and you, you say it in here, you talk about weight, but um – you know, I was gone for 10 days for these triathlons, and my youngest son, who's 14, he's growing like a weed, and, and I walked back into the house, and I'm like, he's a foot taller, and his <laughs> voice is 10 octaves lower. And it in had two been, weeks. In two weeks. But my wife, who had been here the whole time, is like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, he's taller. His voice is a lot deeper. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, many times those – that's why we've got to write this stuff down. That's why yep. we have that little mark on the back of his bedroom door that we mark ever yeah. since he was four. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, it's always a vivid picture when you can look back. You know, people say never look back, march forward, whatever. I yeah. say you have to look back to know where you've been so you can see where you're going. That's right. And uh, and that's so important. And, and yeah, Habakkuk illustrated that for us few thousand years ago yeah yeah uh, so it's cool to see that that's actually biblical write down your goals is actually biblical that's good to hear i may be stretching that just a little bit maybe but, just a but i'm gonna say it's biblical that's a, it's in writing <laughs> yeah yeah hey so if you haven't looked into becoming a run for god coach now's the time to check it out if you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, so what's new on the Run Club front? Uh, by the time this airs, we'll have uh, some we'll have some new things out, right? We're gonna have a new website. Holy smokes. and it's uh, that's a big deal. It is, yeah. And uh, I, man, I, you don't realize how much content we actually have until we started building this website. But yeah, Run Club is now way better, way more stuff. Um, we've got almost all of our content in one place now, and it's there for the run club subscriber you 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 basically have one login now you log in and you've got everything in our arsenal at your fingertips uh, and we're going to continue to be improving that we've basically built a platform now where we can house all different kinds of media um, and it's got it in all the different forms that you want it and we still have the weekly interactions with this podcast and with your thursday night lives but we just made it much more robust because we've seen over the past several months since we started Run Club that th- this is the future. We, th- we believe this is the future of Run for God because now when you 
go through the 5K challenge or whatever might get you into the sport, this is that what's next that everybody for years and years have asked us, what's next? I've been through the 5K challenge. Um, we are over the next months and over the next year or so, we're going to be, uh, we've got the 10K to marathon program that we're working on. And we've also got the 5K challenge for kids that we're going to be working on. And also the 5K challenge that you currently know and love, uh, eventually all of that is going to be digitally available with you and I. People may not want to watch you and I all the time, but it's going to be you and I (laughs) teaching. And so for those instructors out there who say, I'm not a teacher, well, we disagree, number one. You can do it. But if you don't feel comfortable leading the class, maybe you can facilitate a class. And you can simply pop these videos in, and Dean and I will walk everybody through these classes. So we've got a treasure trove of content that will be coming to the already great amount of content that we have. So It's exciting. If you're an instructor, if, if you're listening to this podcast, number one, make sure you've joined because you don't know what you're missing if you haven't joined. This, this podcast is only a very small part of what's on the Run Club. If you are a member of Run Club, help us get the word out. We want this to be the largest running club in America, in the world, yeah. uh, because how cool would it be for the largest running club in the, in the United States or in the world to be actively sharing the gospel of Christ? That's what we do. That's what we wake up trying to figure out how we can do more of that every day. So if you're not part of Run Club, uh, by the time you're listening to this, the new website is runforgodrunclub.com. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. So we share every week a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, uh, my reason is the sense of community. I, I think about how the running community is so it's so diverse. It's you know we talk all the time. There's there's all this artificial things going on, and and you may agree or disagree with this, but. We're, we're artificially trying to jam folks together in diverse backgrounds and, and and there's strength and diversity and you know all these phrases that we have but in running it's all organic it's just people are are, are very diverse and so it's a lot of fun you've got the folks from uh i i watch and listen to um let's run they they've got a podcast and they're very very serious about the sport the guys that are that talk about it, the guys who run let's run are very serious about it and they analyze every race and they're very you know they're very serious about it all the way down to i, I i'm subscribed to several things that are just they're meant for folks that are just amateurs and just people just enjoy running mm-hmm. um so it, it it spans a pretty big gamut um and there's so many different communities out there we're just one we're one of them but there's a bunch of others well even inside our community you know, we yeah. talk about this all the time. You know, the 5K challenge, it's, it's fun to, to, to visit some other classes because, you know, how, how do our churches many times operate these days? And it's for good reason, but you have your single adults and you have your young married couples and you have your seniors classes and you have your youth and you have your kids. And even in our churches, everybody is so segregated. Mm-hmm. Even Even with our services nowadays, you have the – the modern service and the traditional and whatever or the contemporary and whatever you think about all that that's just kind of how it's happened and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that there, there's not there's there's a need for these different groups to be taught on different levels and there's a value yeah, there's, there's value a value that. to that yeah. but very rarely do you see 
a cross cut of all those different groups in one place in the church anymore. Mm. Well, Run for God does that. Yeah. You know, I've taught classes where there's eight year olds and 80 year olds. Yeah. Um, all different backgrounds, all different socio backgrounds, economic backgrounds. Um, there's so much diversity in these classes because they're coming together to learn how to share Christ through the sport of running. Or they're coming to learn how to run and they may not have any interest in all that spiritual content, which we see a lot of. People yeah. come to learn to run. It, it's even a cross cut between saved and not saved. And these yeah. people are coming in and that's fine. You can come to these classes for whatever reason you want to come. That's, but you're going to hear the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And that's the cool thing about running for God. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the cool thing about running in general. It is. Because there's so many people you'll see, your weekend friends, as you like to call them. Yeah. You, you don't see those people anywhere many times but the running trail, the yeah. running track. That's true. That's cool. true. And just so we're clear, just so we, we get out there and we're, we're, we're dead straight about this, Run for God Run Club is the best community in the running world. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. No question about it. Just, yeah. If, if I'm pretty sure it's scientific. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've done the studies. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's the best ever. Yes. It's the best ever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our motivational thought of the week. I love this quote, and you know this applies to running. Uh, this was Yogi Berra. If you've ever been, if you don't know who Yogi Berra is, you're probably not very old. You're probably a youngster. But Yogi Berra was a baseball player, and he said a lot of crazy things. And this is one of the crazy things that he said: Baseball is ninety percent mental; the other half is physical. <laughs> um, and, of course, the idea was that, you know, baseball is a very mental sport. Of course, running is even more mental than baseball Yeah, take is. baseball out and put a lot of words in there. Yes. And it's true. Yes, yes. Just the idea that uh, the mental side of things is so cr- incredibly important. Well, speaking of working through things and, and, and looking at uh, the, the mental side, you, you want to connect with others. We talked about the Run Club and how it's the greatest uh, thing going out there as far as the running community goes. You want to connect with others who have an interest, the same interest that you do, um, at least as far as running and walking goes. The Run Club is a place to do that. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a part of Run Club already, as we've said a couple of times already today, um, there's there's more coming. There's already a lot there. Um, you get all of this all of this stuff that Mitchell was just talking about just a little while ago, and you get that for nine dollars and ninety seven cents a month. It's a bargain. And actually, on the new website, there's better deals. There you are. Know, if you decide to go by the quarter or by the year, it it even gets better. I think it gets down to like twenty seven cents a day or something. Twenty I mean, good gravy. I mean, twenty seven cents a day. That's so just, that's giving stuff. Everybody away. within earshot of our voice should be a member of Run Club because it not only gets you all of this stuff, but at the end of the day, the most important part is it's allowing us to do a lot of different things. The Who Do You Say That I Am campaign, the God Loves You campaigns, it's helping us to push those things out through social media and a lot of other avenues that will bring people to the kingdom. You know, yeah. it's we. If and if you're not part of the texting group, you can um, you can find that on the Facebook page, uh, the texting group where you get notified when somebody comes to know Christ as a result of what God's doing through this ministry. We we share that. You yeah. know, it's not something we share openly, but you can be part of that texting group that you get a simple a, l- a simple little text 
no advertising, no anything. It just says today a decision was made in Texas or yeah. Nebraska or Hawaii or wherever it is. And that just lets you know that God's working. Because just like we've talked about all through this podcast, so many times we need those reminders. And those texts have, have, have turned my days around at times. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's great to see. So we hope you've enjoyed. Go out there and give us five-star reviews. You know that it helps. Give us feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know how we can change. If there's some things that you want to see that are different from what we're providing you, let us know what those are because we need to uh, we need to do the best we can to give you what you want. So uh, I listen to a podcast where at the beginning of the podcast, the guy always says, we're here to give the people what they want. Well, that's that's what we're doing. So, uh, so get out there and make sure you're subscribed to both the podcast the youtube channel and all of those things and um become a part and be an active part if you're not on the facebook page and haven't been on the facebook page it's pretty active and it's pretty exciting to see the the activity going on there so you want to be a part of that so get involved now may god bless every step of every run go out there and shine your light good job dan For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.